Foxers 5 is back! We disappeared, Woo! but we're back! Hooray! <laughs> I miss doing the podcast with you, never mind getting to talk non-stop for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, our favourite topic, talking, is uh-huh. absolutely, I agree. How are you? <laughs> there has been a podcast-shaped hole in my heart the last two uh, weeks. Mine too, but I filled it with vomit, so that's all right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we had no uh, we were struck down <laughs> yeah. with a number of illnesses over the last two weeks, which was kind of horrendous. And we'll spare you the details, but we never planned to be off. And uh, a couple of things happened meant that we weren't physically able to record <laughs> when it might have looked like that we were off to the beach. I'm afraid that was not the case. But we're back. And uh, delighted, delighted to be here, full of energy and strength once again and uh, ready to catch up with all you guys. We missed you. Uh, Yeah, we had an exciting little journey last weekend, didn't we, Nicola? We had a wedding dress appointment, the first one. Yes, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and it was kind of convenient to have it after we all had the vomiting <laughs> bug. So, you know, it felt like skinny, so skinny. Yeah, I was just glad we could. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was the I only was watching upside. you and I was like, I'm so glad like I can sit down. You're like sweating, trying on the dresses. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. Yeah, but it's the mask. Like it's having to wear the bloody face mask too when you're sweating anyway. And then you take off the face mask and half your face is like sweating. The funny thing is, you know, everybody's but, looking at yeah. the dresses. You're not really paying much attention to your face. But um, oh, it was great. Yeah, we had a true. lovely, lovely time. And uh, may have even found the dress for saying nothing else. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> but anyway, we will, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll tell you more about that at some other stage once uh once it's confirmed but <laughs> no it was great and it's nice to do something exciting for yeah. the wedding and looking forward to happy positive times and no- nothing else really much has happened besides that in the last couple of weeks because of uh, illness etc so um yeah you well did you get my braces so i have a bit of a s my s's are a bit you know what? <laughs> this piece, it's not so. that noticeable like when you first got it yeah but you're obviously out yeah. getting used to it now so we spared we spared the listeners a lot of shit sh- sh- last week as well <laughs> i know god oh it's grand like i forget about it and then you know i'm at work meetings and you're kind of on camera and you're listening to yourself and looking at yourself and it's like oh god i sound like i'm a teenage boy <laughs> but i'm getting used to it it's not so bad and i can already see the difference in my teeth like over even two weeks just for crazy, the uh, know, purpose so. of the listeners um, Nicholas braces they're like little train tracks but they're on the inside of her teeth which none of us had ever experienced yeah, before so you wouldn't even know she has them it's amazing except for a little bit start <laughs> <laughs> but she's fine now clearly you can yeah, hear her it. but um, yeah but yeah. I have to keep kind of because nobody can see it I have to explain it though I'm like well I do a brace on the inside of my teeth so that's why I sound like this oh, now like they're like what's she got in her so, mouth yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, fair play to you. Oh, well done. They're not God. the most joyful of things to experience. But um, yeah, it's good that you're making it's all headway for the wedding, isn't it? We're feeling very positive about the about T minus three, six, five. Well, it's less than that. It's less no, than not even 11, 11 months, months now. Jeepers. Yeah, this, this the diet starts months, Monday. <laughs> Yeah, I tell you. Well, between the vomiting bug and the braces, I haven't really been able to eat anything yeah. much. So, yeah, it was good timing to go yeah. wedding dress. Just remember to, like, but, um, find yeah. some infected kids so nice. two weeks before the wedding. Um, 
Yes, absolutely. Well, not the week off, Jesus. I was thinking about that last week when we were, most of the family were sick with it. I was thinking about mm. it. It would be terrible But you know what? It, it was, um, came via, via nursery and we've had the kids in the same nursery mm. the last four years and we've never got a bug. And then yeah, two weeks before we leave to get this bug and it was horrendous. But you know what? These things happen and yeah. it's nobody's fault. It's just having infectious little kids around the place and unfortunately for you you you, you <laughs> rubbed up against them that weekend as well so um yeah but look mm. we survived it and uh, feeling for anybody out there who has it though at the moment god bless you um yeah pregnant loads of bringing yeah. it so it wasn't even one of those so those things like where you're a bit sick and you just lie and watch tv like i just slept and slept and slept i would have loved to have like had a olympics blitz but i just couldn't even watch the television i know but um have been watching the Olympics a bit since, though. It's, I love it. I love the Olympics. I find it so life affirming. I just love it. Um, and you find yourself wasting loads it's of time just like, watching random stuff you'd never mm. watch normally, like dressage or I was going to say shooting. Yeah. I probably wouldn't watch the shooting. But like, I don't know, a lot of the sailing and the water ones, you're like, wow, <laughs> you know, it's unreal. Mad stuff, yeah, altogether. I'm going to talk about it a bit more, actually. And uh, I've got a bit of Olympics in my YouTube stuff as well, so we won't go on about it just now. But we might as well get kick, kick off, so and just get on, get the show on the road. Uh, so up first this week, number one. One. Number one, Nicola, is fire. Do you know what fire stands for? Oh. <laughs> it stands for... Like F-Y-R-E? Like fire festival no. or like fire flame no. fire? It's okay. F-I-R-E. It's an abbreviation or an acronym. First, acronym. R- r- something should help? No, it's Financial Independence Retire oh. Early. So I, I'm going to sound oh. like an ad for a broker now, but <laughs> I just thought this was kind of fascinating and I saw it reported and somebody must have put out some research a few weeks ago. But I'm going to change our listeners' lives today. I've become a podcast evangelist. <laughs> No, just kidding. I was reading about this. Can I just put in a, just in case you was like, this is not a pyramid scheme. <laughs> okay, just in case. No, it's not. Although maybe, maybe that's what we should do. Um, so I was reading about this idea last week and I thought, wow, wouldn't this be great? So let me tell you what I'm talking about. So recent studies suggest that over half of millennials do not see themselves as emotionally or behaviorally connected to their job or company. Uh, they're exhausted from high pressure jobs and with a growing sense of burnout, some millennials are following a personal finance strategy that allows them to quit the day job and retire decades early. So this may appeal to you if you fall into one of the following categories. You want to leave your job. You're dissatisfied with consumerism and the effect this is having on the planet, using up finite resources and the impact on climate change. You want to gain financial independence and or you want to move your retirement age forward. Do you fancy travelling the world instead of heading into the office every day or living the simple life out in some idyllic country setting with some chickens and piggies to keep you company? And animals and farming is probably a good one for this plan as you could actually feed yourself when you have nothing else. But anyway, how does it work? It's not an easy path, but what you have to do is live exceptionally frugally by watching your spending, saving as much of your income as possible, up to 70%, and paying off all your excuse me, all your debt, including your mortgage. The magic calculation you need to build up is 25 times your annual salary to become financially independent. So if your outgoings are 
20,000 a year when you yeah. retire, you'll need a savings pot of 500,000 euro and you'll, you'll draw down 4% of that annually, but it'll be earning money. So once you hit that kind of 500,000, your right. investments will keep you going basically for okay. the rest of your life. So if you want to retire at age 40, so this would be for our younger, younger listeners, which I'm not sure we have many, um, with a pension, pension pot of 500,000, you'd need to save 16 grand a year from the age of 21. If you oh, want to retire geez. at 55, you'd need to save 6,000 a year from age 21. That's so, all from 21. So we are screwed anyway. So we're, yeah. we're screwed already. Yeah, we we're totally just... screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, forget about it. <laughs> Retiring at 78. <laughs> so these figures presume your investments will make you 5% each year. Your salary will remain consistent and investment cha- charges are about 0.5%. You'll also need to remember you can't access your pension until you're 55. So you'd be relying on your investments in those intervening years. So anyway, most fire savers, this is kind of like, it's more than just a financial kind of plan. It's kind of a way of life for some people. Mm-hmm. So they call them fire savers. They put aside 25 to 50% of their income every month. Um, they encourage you to earn more, like take a part-time job or extra consultancy work, ask for a pay rise, change jobs to earn more, start a side hustle, whatever that means, OnlyFans or something, mm. I don't know, um, <laughs> and or retrain to get a higher paid job and then spend wisely. So pay off all your debts and then put your investments into ISAs, tracker funds and that kind of thing and get advice. So talk to a financial advisor who'll advise you where to put your money. So the bottom line here is something a lot of people who listening to this will probably be able to identify. Saving for a wedding, saving for traveling, saving for a house. We've all done that or Mm, versions of that, you know, where you have to pinch the pennies and cut back on the coffees or get rid of them. Cut back on nights out, no taxis, no nice cars, no fancy holidays, blah, blah, blah. And if you can do that for an extended period of time, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt, whatever that expression means, but you know what I mean. Um, It's that kind of being willing to live without the finer things so that you don't have to work in the long run. And that's kind of difficult. Mm. But I remember when we were traveling, meeting this retired couple who were in their, I'd say, mid 70s. And they had like sold their house, sold Mm. everything. And they were just traveling around the world because they could live on like, I think they said 20 or 30,000 Australian dollars a year moving around rather than it would cost them three or four times that to live at home, you know, and they were seeing the world and all that. Now, the older you get, the less practical that is. But and then they would meet up with their three or four kids once or twice a year somewhere around the world, you know, and fair play to them. The same couple actually got mugged the day after we met them. Oh God! <laughs> which is probably not a good ad for no. for that kind of lifestyle. But um, they went into an area in Buenos Aires that you were like warned not to go into. So it was kind oh, of their own fault. But anyway, okay. so anyway, that's that's fire for you. It requires some luck too. The movement's rise in popularity coincided with a sustained bull run on the stock market, which has boosted the investments of fire fans. Supporters of this type of self-financing also heralded as a movement for workers that it's... Um, that if enough people get on board, then employers will have to wake up and start trying to keep people, which in the long run could mean better paying conditions across the board. It seems to have gained more appeal as a result of the the pandemic, with one in four 18 to 34-year-olds setting early retirement as a new financial goal, according to research by wealth management firm Money Farm. So watch out, everyone, your kids will be retiring before you do, lol. (laughs) 
Um, but that, but, but yeah. there's a few things I have a problem with that in a few ways. One, mm. you literally could walk out the door tomorrow and be knocked down by a bus. Like, how mm. much do you want to reserve living your True. life, you know, for the future? True. You don't even know, you know, and God forbid if something happened or whatever. You've mm-hmm. had like such a boring existence. And I think we've all experienced that in the pandemic. And even just yeah. myself, since since life has kind of gotten back to normal, I'm like, even if I'm, you know, financially maybe not as comfortable as I was in the pandemic time, I'm still going to go and live my life and do things and go mm-hmm. out and see my friends because we were so starved of that for a year and a half, you know. So I personally mm-hmm. don't think I could do it. <laughs> I'd always be thinking about trying to just live yeah. life a bit as well. I've read so much recently about, you know, happiness is about living in the moment and yeah. that really, you're putting off your life for a long time, aren't you? Yeah, oh, totally. And if you have kids, I, it's nearly impossible. Yeah, and then it kind of depends on what your life plan is and then you need somebody, a partner or a friend or something to be on the same, you know, level as Wavelength. you and want to do it as well mm-hmm. because, I mean, obviously some people would do it on their own but it's not for everybody. So, very interesting mm. but, yeah, I mean, it makes me feel like old and I think I only started my pension like four years ago so, and that was actually probably young for most people, you know. Yeah, um, so it's it still true. gives me the fear but if I could retire when mm. I was, yeah, in my late 50s or 60s it wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> exactly. 60 would be grand, like yeah. 55 would be amazing but... I think more um, companies should start doing kind of unpaid leave and stuff as well, like let people go for six months yeah. and like, not like that you're, that you're still like on the payroll but not getting paid for six months I know some companies do yeah. it and that I'd love to have the opportunity to do that I would definitely think about it some people know? do yeah you get yeah. Um, sabbaticals yeah, and exactly. stuff like that exactly sabbatical yeah I got one for when we went travelling but um yeah, it kind of reminds me of when we were saving to go traveling as well. And then we saved like this is 10 years ago, but we only had about 12 grand each. Mm. And like we were away for 10 months. Happy days. Yeah, imagine you know. It. It's unbelievable. What, I'm sure you were in such countries that were like so much cheaper though than it was mm-hmm. in Edinburgh at the time or in Ireland mm-hmm. at the time. So like, uh, Except you know, Australia, which is about four times as expensive yeah, as everyone else. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there'd um, be no, no going there these days. Nobody's no, allowed geez, in. For sure. more than one reason. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of this chat as well is off the back of the pandemic. You know, people have been reassessing mm-hmm. what they want from life and stepping back from the rat race, you know, wanting to live outside the cities yeah. or close to family or whatever. Um, and for people who were unaffected financially by the pandemic, they were quids in, you know, think of all the money yeah. that was saved because you couldn't go out, you couldn't get your oh, hair yeah. done, you couldn't go on holidays, you couldn't go to the blooming shops, restaurants, cafes, whatever. You just adapted. But the yeah. hair thing was was horrendous. But, you know, <laughs> you, you could kind of live with everything else, you know what yeah. I mean? And God, you realize find just now you're kind of, it's nearly like you don't really have an excuse not to do things anymore either, you know, like, mm. so it's like, mm-hmm. we even book flights today at the first time booking flights for anywhere, except for if we're going to obviously come see you in Edinburgh, but other than that, it was kind of weird even booking a flight, you know, <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. felt like such a luxury to even have the option mm-hmm. to go somewhere else, like, so, yeah, I think mm-hmm. all our ch- our spending habits are still, now, don't get me wrong, I think we've also, nearly everyone has splurged in the last two months because it has been mm-hmm. kind of a, oh my God, we've been locked in for so long. But yeah, I think that's uh, going to level off in the next couple of months for sure. <laughs> we'll be back into yeah. winter. I just, I just suppose it kind of shows you there's alternatives out there and it's not with, you know, out with your grasp to have, to achieve that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So anyway, there you go. New lifestyle for y'all folks. Don't run off and join the French Legion. You can save your money and retire early. <laughs> uh, over to you, Nick, number Very two. Good. Two. So this week, I'm going to talk about a couple of series that I've been watching. I actually haven't really watched anything new, but new series 
Mm. You know, if you get me. Oh, yeah. So the first one is uh, season four of Handmaid's Tale. Have you watched oh, any of it yet? I've watched the first three episodes, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah so it's very good. So I'm only two episodes in myself, mm-hmm. but it's all on Channel 4. If people haven't watched it or if you live under a rock and don't know what it's about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's um, Is the full series on Channel 4 now? Full series, yeah. Oh, amazing, because I had it recorded on my Skybox, which I'm going to have to delete everything off next week. So that takes the pressure off having to finish it. Oh, yeah, no, 4OG, you can stream it on there. But it's very, very good. Um, I would be surprised if some of our listeners have never watched it. Um, But it's one of those series that I, I think it's still been kind of... I think it's kind of broken a lot of rules in terms of TV series, you know, because there's mm. such strong female characters in it. And like, the, I mean, the protagonist is a female, you know, and just the whole idea of the whole story behind it. And obviously it was originally a book and it's been studied in classes and stuff across mm. Ireland, I know, for the um, Leaving Cert. I know lots of people are complaining about it mm. <laughs> because the story of it and, and what happens. And obviously it's... Uh, so a society basically breaks down and a, a new kind of, I suppose, political power, Gilead, takes over and uh, women's fertility has been massively impacted. And that's kind of one of the reasons that this party takes over. And then obviously they start um, kind of bringing the system of handmaids to try to have children and they're kind of forced into these I suppose, relationships and family units that they you know, don't want to be in and their own mm-hmm. kids are taken off them and blah, blah, blah. So very, very quick synopsis of it. But we're four years in now and the main character is still going, fair play to her, because <laughs> mm-hmm. she's been through the, the ringer. Um, but I don't want to spoil it, but if you haven't watched Henry Tale in general, you should absolutely watch it. And the fourth mm-hmm. season, I thought the third season was absolutely brilliant. And so far, the fourth season is very good. It's kind of a different aspect of things that we're seeing this time around. The first episode, <clears throat> excuse me, of the fourth series, I was watching it and I was like, yeah, yeah, go on, Joe, go on, <laughs> go on. You know, you feel like you're watching a general in an army. Yeah. She is just, does not take shit from anyone and she just knows yeah, what she wants brilliant. and yeah. she's angry and she's determined and like there's not a character like her on television she's brilliant like you know no, I mean she's, she's not brilliant. fully likable she's she's a bitch in some cases and she does mm-hmm. bad things to achieve what she needs to achieve and in that sense she's quite a masculine character you know mm-hmm. in, in that yeah. she is like whatever it takes to achieve what we need to achieve that's what sh- she'll do you know and in that respect yeah, she kind of mirrors a general in an army you know what I mean mm-hmm. um and I was just like yeah this is it's just so well written it's so um, oh so well written and like she's an excellent character as well mm-hmm. and even just some other peripheral like characters peripheral probably isn't the word what's the word but yeah. you know the other characters that are in it that kind of have developed over the last four years and even the mm-hmm. villains you kind of not like them but you want to see what happens to the villains mm-hmm. of the piece as well because they're quite mm-hmm. dynamic characters and you feel sorry for them at some points and then other points yeah. you kind of want the worst thing ever to happen to them and, and you're it's waiting so well for them to flip from bed to good and all that you know it's coming and then yeah, it goes exactly. away again and you're like oh they show a glimmer yeah. of humanity and you're like why are they going to come out as a good good guy and oh yeah mm-hmm. it's Is amazing it dystopia happen? But it is hard going. It's the one thing I would say. So like, Very you know, maybe Very watch dark. something it's else heavy. nice yeah. with it. So the other thing that we're watching and I would highly recommend this now, it's only on Apple TV. So you can get Apple TV things like four ninety five a month. Or if you get a new Apple device, you get it for free for like a year or six months or whatever. 
it's uh, Ted Lasso. Did you watch any of it? No, you no. have Apple TV, I suppose. So this is... I actually uh, do have Apple TV, Lucas. but I've never used it. I got it free with my Mac, but I never, I've never... Oh, there you go. You should. You can watch yeah. it on the Mac. Oh, it's so good. Mm. Ted Lasso is about... You might have seen it. It's Jason Sudeikis, um, a very handsome American actor who was married to Olivia Wilde and then she went off with Harry Styles. So. Oh, yeah. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> not together anymore. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, her husband wasn't too bad looking either. So she's, uh, yeah. But um, it's him and another couple of guys like that were involved in really big sitcoms as well, like Scrubs. Mm. And um, then our very, uh, what's his name, that guy? What is his name? Uh, Brett Goldstein, who we saw in the French Festival as oh, well yes, about 10 yes. years ago. Friend of um, Fox Force 5. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. We have a picture with him, but he's also one of the writers on it. And... Um, it's about this American football coach, like an NFL coach who is hired to come to Richmond in the UK to take over the football team. And okay. his boss is like this, um, you know, his boss kind of, so her husband ran the club. He was having many affairs. It all came out. So she kind of, she owns the club now, but she wants to run it into the ground. So it was kind okay. of one of the reasons why she hired this guy to, okay. to take <laughs> over. But uh-huh. sure, of course, he's like the most lovable character ever. And he's fabulous. And they all start to fall. Inspiring the team. Yeah. Super inspiring. And, you know, not that the team like absolutely smashed the Premier League or anything, you know, but mm-hmm. the characters just start to kind of warm to him. And that Brick Goldstein, he plays one of the football players, Roy Kent, who is one of the best comedy characters I've seen in a long time, like super <laughs> angry, kind of reminds me of Roy Keane, you know, back in his day, <laughs> very angry kind of character. And um, there's a couple of like romance storylines as well in it. And it's just so feel good. Oh my God. Like, and not like clean cut feel good. I mean, there's loads of cursing, there's loads of like sex okay. and everything, but it's just fabulous it's so is it like half nice. hour long kind of sitcom stuff yeah half an hour long I think just uh, eight or ten episodes in the first season and now they're on to season two so that's why I'm talking okay. about it because um, they're two weeks in now so there'll be new one again every you've Friday you've sold it to episode. me you've but sold it to me it is just if you want something nice to watch and so feel good everyone I know that's watched it except for Jerry didn't like it for some reason but everybody else I know <laughs> Ever, that's watched Jerry. it yeah has absolutely okay. loved it and like just feel good um, so total mix of things one kind of depressing TV show and one really good feel good one so if you want uh, oh, any, cool. whatever your your TV life is missing you can fill it with either of those so yeah, highly I like recommend it. I like it yeah we're furiously trying to finish what's recorded on our Skybox <laughs> the box I'm not joking I know right? I'm bloody robbing your sky and it'll be gone now from me <laughs> we started watching Modern Family when we were travelling in 2011 and we still haven't finished it it's 11 11- series later I think it finished about three years ago and we still we've yeah. got about 10 episodes left but I've, I've always loved it so it's kind of weird that it's getting to the end of our little, our time here it's like another stage in our life you know finishing it with uh, Modern yeah. Family and then The Handmaid's Tale oh. I just started recently but not really oh Baptiste is on BBC oh my god oh, if you've accessed BBC yeah. oh it's absolutely brilliant one of the best crime about? dramas that is out there. It's so good. Um, Baptiste, he was in... There was a drama called The Missing a few years ago that James Nesbitt was in about a child mm. that goes missing in France or something like that. And it's, it was a big, long drama. And Baptiste was like the cop that came in to help them find the kid. He was a good guy or whatever. French character. And this is a spin-off 
So there's been two series. Mm. This is the second series. And I think it's the last one as well. But it's just so well written. Like you, every episode you're like, what is going on? What happened? Oh my God, who is that? Like, it's just clever and there's just yeah. depth and substance to it. Like, I put on this thing on Netflix last week, Unforgotten or something. Oh God, it's so bad. It's like a Welsh crime thing. Oh, it's just terrible. Mm. And then you compare it to, you know, there's no nothing to it. The acting's pretty poor and the storylines are thin and you know exactly who's done it from the start mm. and they just go around the houses and there's a moody cop and oh, just silly stuff. Um, whereas Baptiste, like there's all these different plots and subplots and his personal story and the other protagonist's personal stories and they're all running at the same time and there's like violence and right wing people and, you know, somebody's... <laughs> And it's jumping over and back you're in time. Very, you're very, uh, you seem very passionate about it. It's jumping over and back in time as well. So you know certain shit things have happened, but you don't know how they happened. Okay, yeah. And then Why? it jumps back yeah. to a point before they happened. And you're trying to figure it all out. Like, and it's just very engaging, very clever. It'll probably be added to Netflix, all those good BBC ones eventually. Yeah, including The Serpent, which we were raving about. Yeah. I was raving about as well. That's on Netflix now. Really good as well. So, yeah, you won't be short of something to watch, peeps, when the Olympics is over in 10, 10 days. Less. Less? Mm. It's probably only a week left now, is there? Yeah. yeah. So cool. That's TV for this week. We'll move along a vous. Number three. Three. So, number three this week is, I mentioned Olympics. Well, I guess. Our Fox of the Week do. is. Is it Smobas? It is. God bless hey, her. It is. Her. I toyed That's with great. doing just like all the female um, Irish Olympians, but this, I think she just deserves the kudos, Simone Biles. Like absolutely sure. shout out to our female Olympians that were representing Ireland in um, Tokyo. Indeed. They did amazing. There's a few medals there as well, which is fantastic. Um, and there's a few more still to compete. But just this girl is like, She's like a, like a superhero, Simone Biles, if you ask me. So I'm gonna I'm not gonna focus loads on what she's achieved in gymnastics. Just kind of give you her general story and what's been happening with her recently, in case people don't really know. Mm. So yeah, she is Simone Ariane Biles. She was born in 1997. She is an artistic gymnast with a combined total of 31 Olympic, 32 actually as of today. And World Championship medals. Oh, yeah, she got the bronze today. She got the bronze wow. today, yeah. Biles is the most decorated American gymnast and is considered one of the greatest and most dominant gymnasts of all time. She was born in Columbus, Ohio, the third of four siblings. Her birth mother was unable to care for her and the other children who all ended up in foster care. In 2000, her maternal grandfather began caring for her in um, Spring, Texas, and he and his second wife officially adopted Simone and her younger sister, Adria. Um, and his sister adopted the other two children. So Biles Look. first tried gymnastics at six years old as part of a daycare field trip and was encouraged to take up the sport. She began her elite career at age 14 in 2011 at the American Classic in Houston and has essentially been winning ever since. But we're going to concentrate, as I say, on more of her as a person than just the medals and achievements today. So in 2012, she made the choice to switch from public school to homeschooling, which allowed her to increase her training from approximately 20 to 32 hours per week. She gained Jesus. all of her secondary education as a homeschooler graduating in the summer of 2015. She committed to go to UCLA in 2014, but deferred because she wanted to go to the Rio Olympic Games 
And then eventually she announced that she would turn professional and actually gave up her spot in UCLA. Um, just shows you the kind of sacrifices you have to make to be a professional, you know. Um, so after the Rio Games, she co-wrote an autobiography with journalist Michelle Burford called Courage to Soar, a Body in Motion, a, body in motion, a Life in Balance. And she said, I want people to reach for their dreams. And there's so many people who've inspired me with their love and encouragement along the way. And I want to pass this on as inspiration to them. It was number one on the New York Times bestsellers and was turned into a movie. 2017, she actually didn't compete at all. In 2018, she went to college to study business administration. She returned to competition that year as well and rejoined the American team. In January, she released, in January 2018, she released a statement on Twitter confirming that former USA gymnast physician Larry Nasser had sexually assaulted her. And she also named USA Gymnastics as having an alleged role in, in allowing the abuse to occur and for subsequently covering it up. Uh, at this year's Summer Olympics, she has performed. She was performing in the all round during the qualifications and helped the United States qualify for the team final in second place behind the Russian Olympic Committee. Uh, Bile suffered numerous mishaps during the competition. She bounced entirely off the floor landing on one of her tumbling passes. She stepped foot out of the landing mat and took several large stumbles from the beam. Despite these mistakes, she still qualified for the all round final in first place. She also qualified in first place for the vault, advanced to the floor access final in the second place and qualified to the balance beam. And she was the only athlete to qualify for all the individual finals. Following her qualifications performance, she posted on Instagram that she was feeling the weight of the world on her shoulders and that she felt affected by the pressure of the Olympics. During the uh, warm up for the team final, she balked on her vault mid-air performing 1.5, a 1.5 twist instead of the expected 2.5. And the same thing happened in the competition and she nearly fell. Uh, so she left the competition and withdrew from the rest of the team competition, citing mental health issues. She later explained that she was inspired by fellow Olympian Naomi Osaka, who had withdrawn from the French Open in Wimbledon earlier this year. Do you remember mm. citing yeah. mental health reasons as well? So uh, last week she withdrew from the finals of the individual all round competition, again, citing mental health concerns. And after further medical evaluation, she withdrew from the vault and the uneven bars she later confirmed she would compete in the beam final so she said what she was experiencing was the twisties and this is a psychological phenomenon caused when a gymnast kind of loses their uh, space in air like they just it's like a mental thing and she noted that while it was not the first time she'd had the twisties on the vault or the floor it was the first time she'd experienced them on uneven bars or the balance beam she made the decision to withdraw after the first rotation of the team final because she felt that she had simply got so lost in her safety and her, and her safety was at risk as well as team as the team medal. So uh, multiple gymnasts defended Biles' decision and, and relayed their own stories of struggling with the twisties. It's funny because it's a serious thing and twisties is like a funny I word. Know, but yeah. <laughs> but um, her decision to prioritise her mental health was widely praised and credited with starting a wider conversation about the role of mental health and sports. In an emotional message late on uh, Wednesday, she said the outpouring of love and support she had received had made her realise that I'm more than my accomplishments in gymnastics, which she added she had never previously truly believed. She came back to compete in the beam final this morning and won a bronze medal. She's an amazing young woman and she's made history over and over again. And she's a wonderful role model for young people. Work hard, train hard, but don't sacrifice your mental or physical health for the sake of some pressure you were supposed to live up to. So fair play to her. She's mm. awesome. Like there was some. Unbelievable. 
Stat- and they, like she does not owe any of the, that USA like athletics. <laughs> they treated them so badly. I mean, so many of them were sexually assaulted, as well as just being like mentally abused by some of the coaches. Like there was a story about one of the female coaches and some of the stuff she was doing to them, like holding back food, not allowing them to eat. Like it's been horrendous. Some of the stuff that they've gone through as well. And she still turned off to Rio and all that when it was just fresh that it had happened. And, you know, and then we, people just expect her to continue representing USA, you know, gymnastics. Mm-hmm. It's just, she's only a human. Like, I know she's, mm-hmm. what she does is absolutely superhuman, but like she still has the same brain as the rest of us. Like, you mm-hmm. know, she still goes through all those worries. And, and, all heart, and, heart and then all that abuse on top of that. And the yeah. fact that she kept going until now. I mean, it's unbelievable. And there is so much pressure on her. She's the face of the USA Olympic team. Totally. Like, you know, yeah. She has done things with her body no one else has ever been able to do. You know, that quadruple twist she did or whatever, which is like no one has ever done it before. And like, it's just if you see some some of the photographs of her when she's mid-flight and stuff, she she looks she does look superhuman. And I suppose all that kind of feeds into that narrative that she has to live up to, you know, but it's it's terrible. Like, you just feel so sorry for them. And then you have people like bloody Pierce Morgan coming out saying, oh, People use this as a cop out, like people yeah. are just using mental health as a cop out for being for not performing or whatever. And it's like, F off, Pierce, when did you last achieve anything like that? You know, get out of exactly, here. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, so look, more power to her and whatever. I, I think she's one of these people, whatever she sets her heart to, she'll achieve it because she's just an amazing, an amazing person and role model. So and fair play to her to come back today and win the bronze. Like she didn't, she didn't completely balk like and she didn't, you know, she was able to go out there and perform and get a medal still. So and she still is the most decorated. Yeah, 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 it's it's tough. It's tough. You so. were going to say something about a stat there earlier. Sorry, I interrupted you. What oh, was there it? was some stat. I can't remember them now. I probably get it wrong. But like she jumps something like she can jump 10 feet into the air herself. It's, it's insane. You're like, how do you actually do that? You know, know that, that she can project her body, the power in her body. She can project herself into the air like it's just mental. Yes. Um, but anyway, Fox of the Week, Simone Biles, when, well done, girl. I'm sure she's listening well to Fox Verse 5 out in Tokyo. So <laughs> konnichiwa. OK, up next, number four. Four. Following on from our Olympic chat, now it's a bit late, look, I mean, <laughs> we're obviously coming to the end of it. I think it's only if the weekend and then it's over. I think it's over okay. Monday or Tuesday. But um, I still thought it might be good for people to kind of know about the accounts for like, I'm going to cover Team GB too, because I realise we have some Scottish listeners and see as we are moving back there, I'll have to <laughs> start including more <laughs> Up GB your pro, <laughs> pro GB stance yeah. on things, yeah. So the first account, though, I'm going to start with the Irish one, is um, so team underscore Ireland underscore Olympic on Instagram. And it has been such a joy to watch this over the last week and a half because like the athletes are, I feel like more so than Rio. Instagram is obviously much bigger now than Mm. it was before because it's been five years, you know, Mm. since the last one, although it doesn't feel like that long. And like, it's so cool to see them sharing their own stuff and like what Tokyo is like and what the Olympic Village is like. And Do they just you know, retweet the, all the Olympian stuff, is it? This, yeah, this exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now they obviously talk about the competitions and stuff too. So it's kind of a handy way to keep up to date with what's actually yeah. happening with Team Ireland or Team GP, GB, should I say. Um, so the, the, the British one is Team GB, all one word mm-hmm. on Instagram as well. It's the same kind of thing where they just share all the updates from all the competitions. And it's like the official Twitter accounts for the teams. 
But it is so lovely to see the actual Olympians talking themselves and like going through things themselves and like kind of reflecting on things themselves rather than like a microphone being shoved in their face and doing it that way, which of course they have to do. It's all part of the role, but it's also really nice just to see like them own, you know, themselves reflecting on how they've done and like, you know, some of them have been so heartbroken by, you know, not going forward or qualifying or whatever it may be. But still, it's kind of nice to see like their point of view when they do talk about it or when they do feel like it's time for them to address it and that, which I'm sure is extremely difficult to do. Like that poor yeah. young Irish gymnast of the day who like fell oh. on the bumming horse or the crater oh. and so much pressure on his shoulders, you know. But he still, you know, afterwards was tweeting and was sharing stuff and, you know, came across so positive about like just, you know, bring on the next one. And it's just really lovely to see kind of things from their perspective. So that's why I've been really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like I said, it gives you a quick update of kind of what's going on, what's going on with the medals. Is there any kind of Irish hopes left or whatever? And I mean, we have a smaller team than obviously the GB um, team has, but still it's good to kind of just know what's still happening. And we obviously still have a chance with the boxing and the equestrian. They did really well on today, the Irish team. So we're um, still still in there. Yeah, we're still in there. So um, it's just a handy kind of little thing to have. And they still share kind of some of the big stories as well, but we mostly based on like the local teams or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed it, when, especially because we're missing so much of it, like, sleeping <laughs> so when I wake yeah. up in the morning it's kind of one of the first things I check just to see like what's happened overnight or who's qualified or what's going on and it's really nice it's like really good warm heartfelt feeling towards yeah. it all like seeing what they're saying and all that too and the way that they kind of discuss it and people who've won even and like talking about winning it and living medal and all that it's so lovely so definitely check it out we've never been more in touch with both with athletes like that like I said because Instagram is so much bigger than it used to be. So um, it's a new kind of window into the Olympics and what it's like to be an Olympian. So definitely check them out. Both accounts are really interesting. A um, couple of highlights for me I've seen on social for from the Olympics. I don't know if there was any. Well, the Irish ones were gas when, you know, when the rowers were getting their medals and they were all shaking each other's hands. I thought it was so yeah. Irish. It was hilarious. <laughs> but also... Um, I don't know if you saw an interview with a British um, reporter from the BBC with the captain of the Ladies Sevens, the Kiwi captain. Oh, I know. Oh my God, she's the coolest person. She spoke in Kiwi for some of it. And then she was just so positive and she was so encouraging of everyone and everything and she was just the most I was like oh my god we need more people like this in the world she was like you know we're all here together and it's all about competing and we made it look easy out there but those Italians are really strong and you know she bigged them up even though they'd lost by loads and sportsmen Oh, my God. And she talked about it was so good to have Britain there. And it was not just, you know, England because we're used to playing England and it's great to play the British. And she did actually have it. I don't know, was it a dig or what? But she said, oh, some of us even gave money towards because they funded themselves. Some of us donated money so they could be here, you know. And oh, she was just inspiration. Now, if I'm right, her name is Sarah Hirini. So Google her um, and I'll see if I can find the clip. I'll put it up. She was just so cool and positive and encouraging and it's just 
such a but there such has a, been a good bit of kind of sportsmanship this year. And I don't know because yeah. like the aftermath of COVID, what? But I don't know if you see it through the day with the uh, la- the high jump mm-hmm. that they agreed to share the gold medal, yeah, and it's never nice. been done before. Yeah. So they usually do a jump off for it or whatever. Yeah. And then the Italian guy was so delighted. He was like hugging the guy from oh. the chair, and he was rolling around to the floor, and he was absolutely thrilled. And then there was. He had won that, and then another Italian guy won the men's two hundred meter, which was easily totally won random. loads of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were like celebrating together as well because obviously yeah. it's all in the same arena. And oh, there's been some really nice. Well, do you know stuff. what? The opposite of that was I don't know if you saw the ladies one hundred meters final, but the Jamaicans won two and three, and there was no love lost between them. <laughs> they barely, oh, really? they barely like tapped oh. each other to say well done at the end. Oh yeah, big time. They're not friends. Oh, like, you tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say oh. I'd say they hate each other as well. Like even in like the gymnastics and stuff seeing all the girls like kissing and hugging each other after mm. each one I'm like they hate each other yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I'd say like the Russian athletes compared to the US yeah. like, and they're constantly like against them in world championships yeah. and, and then the Europeans are all against each other and that like yeah. you can tell that like they I are watched, the competitions um, the no BMX final was gas. It was like a British Oh, girl. yeah, totally. she won, yeah. Oh, she was a, amazing. Oh, my God. Like, normally I'd be like, yeah, BMX. But actually, yeah. it was so good. And again, it's so good to see these, like, people whose hearts are so in it, like these great little yeah. stories, you know. But um, Tom Daly with his knitting as well is absolutely Yeah, the gas. knitting. <laughs> Fair play to him. So and cute. the other thing was, what was the other thing? There was another thing I was going to say on social media that had me lolling. Can't remember. Anyway, there's so much content comes out of it. It's brilliant. Oh, the guy. I love The it. Irish fellow who tested the cardboard bed to see if, because there was a rumour they didn't want people having sex in them. The, oh, they were like these cardboard the beds yeah. for the Olympians and he was like mm-hmm. jumping on it or whatever. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Show us up there oh, And even when the lads came home with the goals the weekend, all the Irish, all of the Irish Olympic team were outside and they did like a guard of honour and they like yeah. cheered them into the village. It was so cute. Oh, it was so cute. And they I know we like, might just see it because it's like, well, it was an Irish athlete, like presume other countries do it too, but it was yeah. really sweet. It really oh, made me tear up. Yeah. It reminds you of being like on summer camp or something, like all the Olympians over there having a great time. Yeah. Well, a less of a great time than normal, I'd say. But um, So tell us yeah, the name of that so account again, Nick, in case anyone wants to follow it. So there's two of them. So like I said, I, I will include my um, British brethren. Um, so team underscore Ireland underscore Olympics and then just team GB. So there's cool. a bit more simple as well. Nice one. So definitely give them a follow, especially there's only, I think, five, six days left. So yeah. enjoy it while you can. Get your Olympics on. Okay, number five. Five. So I've got a couple of short stories on the music news this week. First up, this story made me laugh. Uh, Managing Director of Festival Republic, who runs the Electric Picnic, Melvin Benn, has said the festival in Strat Valley County Leash will go ahead this year. Speaking on RT, he said he is 100% fully expecting the Electric Picnic to go ahead on the basis that 100% nobody has told me I won't be able to. Current guidelines on organised outdoor events state that a limit of 500 people is in place for venues with a capacity greater than 5,000. He said he's investing all, uh, he's investing and all of the teams are investing in effort to try and make sure the picnic can happen by presuming that we're going ahead. And I'm not saying, I'm presuming that we can go ahead because let's be 100 clear, nobody's told me I can't go ahead, <laughs> said Mr. Ben. Oh, 70,000 wow. are expected to attend provided they've been fully vaccinated or are immune, having recovered from COVID in the past 16 months, or sorry, six months. A little over 90% of the tickets are already sold, having originally gone on sale in March 2020 for last year's cancelled festival. The remainder of the tickets 
we'll go on sale at the end of the month when the festival lineup is announced. Mm. Cannot see them having 70,000. Some hope they'll have 20,000 or something like that. But watch this space. Um, I've never been to Electric Picnic. I'd love to go sometime, but I think I would yeah, never make it. Yeah. I see. Um, would you go? Would you go now if you tickets like drive and oh, yeah. maybe children and all that? <laughs> oh, I would, yeah. yeah, you would. Uh, you I go. I go life. to the festival of dancing trees and bark. I I honestly would go yeah. to anything now. <laughs> but did you see the pictures of Lollapalooza? Oh I my know. god! The Olympuscus. It was scary. Like yeah, looked yeah. mayhem. But um, yeah. also kind of nice to see things normal it's weird it's weird dichotomy in your head of wow I'd love to be in the middle of a mosh pit slash oh my god I couldn't do that I might die um but yeah the other story is for a select element of our audience because I'm not too sure how many little mix fans we have but I think we've got some so um <laughs> Jessie Nelson is set to release her debut solo single next oh. month she quit the chart topping group uh little mix in December after almost a decade as it had taken a toll on her mental health. This is a very similar story to what we were talking about earlier with Simone Biles kind of living up to the pressures of what people expect of you. Um, she is a new record label Polydor and has been recording as a solo artist with them. Uh, she excited fans last month by teasing of her new era pending to quote Ooh. her. After signing with Polydor, she's been sharing snaps and videos from the studio and in a recent update, she suggested it wouldn't be long before fans would hear what she's been working on. Uh, when she quit the band, she wrote on Instagram, the truth is recently being in the band has taken a toll on my mental health. I find the constant pressure of being in a girl group and living up to expectations very hard. There comes a time in life when we need to reinvest in taking care of ourselves rather than focusing on making other people happy and I feel like now is the time to begin that process. Yeah, very similar to Simone. Interesting uh, one though, because you know, in my head now, I'd be thinking maybe if you're part now, women are obviously interesting <laughs> dynamic when we're you're around women like that all the time. But mm. I would think that she'd have more support being part of a group than an individual, you know? I don't know. I think she always struggled with her weight and stuff like that. And maybe just being in the group, she, she felt, felt like she was... Extra pressure. Yeah. I'm sure she's tiny, like, she's tiny, for she God's sake. She is tiny, yeah. But, I mean, I just think, like, you'd think that... I mean, when she's on her own, she's even more exposed, yeah. in my opinion, you know. Everybody's got their own demons, you know, their mm. own internal story, their own thing they have to cope with. And it's not always obvious to people on the outside, you know, and yeah. people like Jesse and like Simone and other people, some other people out there, people like um, even Billie Eilish and Lily Allen and mm. Paloma Faith and Jamila Jamil, like they're yeah. talking about mental health and stigma and all those things and it's increasing the conversation so yeah yeah more power to them yeah absolutely it's just um it's an interesting one i think it's um i'd say the dynamic was challenging in that in that yeah. environment yeah. as well you know and they were together a long time still like i mean they were still together yeah. like the last six seven years or whatever like, yeah like, sure why do any band break up yeah. you know what i mean like so but uh yeah, that's the yeah. music use for you there now so uh, yeah five things you need to know this week there you go there you go Ooh. so uh what day is it so yeah it's kelly's midweek. kelly's moving next week everyone kelly's moving oh leaving us God. she's leaving the island no longer be resident leaving the island yeah leaving the island <laughs> i will be a frequent frequent uh visitor but uh no longer resident in ireland from next week so um yeah t- currently up to my eyeballs in Boxes, bubble wrap, uh, masking tape, <laughs> labels. Um, Did your big boxes come? <laughs> they arrived today, thank God, yeah. God, we ordered a lot of boxes and like the biggest one was no bigger than like, 
I'd what could I compare it to? Like say maybe five, six shoe boxes stacked on each other, <laughs> and that was the largest box. I was like, oh my good god, we need larger boxes. Um, so we've got some now. So um, yeah, era. We'll get there. Uh, yeah. There'll be a few late nights. You'll uh, get there, you'll get there. And we're having a little send-off on Saturday, although you don't want to send off, but we're still having one <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> it's disguised as something else. Send you yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's disguised as drink all the booze that's left in Kelly's cupboard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> loads of booze to get rid of. Here, drink this. I promise it won't make you sick. It hasn't been drunk since Christmas. It doesn't matter here. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, no, it'd be nice to do something stuff. to mark it, all right? And sure, we'll yeah. be over to you soon, so mm-hmm. it won't be too long going. Yeah, but, um, we'll be we are so going sad. to take a break. I yeah, we'll be sad to leave, but um, the podcast is continuing. It'll just be across the water. Um, yeah, you were saying, Nick, we're going to take a break. Yeah, yeah while you're moving and stuff, it makes sense, I think. Yeah. So all I would say is because obviously we haven't had one for a couple of weeks and because we won't have it for another couple of weeks, if you could listen and share and recommend to people yeah. again, you know, it would be really appreciated because we still do have like a lawyer, a loyal listenership. So thank you so much for that. We really appreciate it. But we want to try and grow a little bit if possible. And we promise that the autumn and winter will be full of fun and plenty of things that you need yeah. to tell others about and all that stuff. We'll be back so, in a couple of weeks sure. and we will be back on the weekly podcast. So yeah, it's been a bit of a fraught time recently and, and unfortunately just with logistics and gear being not uh, where we will be for um, a week or so. We are going to take the next couple of weeks off. So we hope you'll come back after that. And we will look forward to plenty of engaging content over the autumn <laughs> and winter and uh, into the future. And hopefully you'll help us grow Fox Force 5. We are fully committed. We hope you are too. <laughs> oh <gosh>. So <laughs> yeah, we'll be all back right. in a couple of weeks and uh, bringing you all the best in entertainment, music, culture, life, love, laughs, follows, <laughs> trends, God. whatever you like. Uh, uh, so we will talk to you very soon. Uh, so this is a sign off from your uh, Irish chapter. Across borders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, remember to tell your friends about us and come back again soon. We love you all. Thank you and cheerio. Bye all.